There we go. Welcome back, everybody, to the Husky Fan Podcast. I was a little worried uh, if this episode was going to be recorded uh, because I wasn't sure, and I'm doing this on my phone, which is atypical because, Jimmy, for some reason, Zoom doesn't work uh, on my laptop. But uh, whatever. What a week. What a game. I mean, just the travel has been ridiculous just arrived at our hotel in houston tonight just exhausted you know i whenever i travel i get a cold you know a non-contagious cold so i have a cold you know partially <laughs> not, because not I was, non-contagious yeah yeah no it is non-contagious partially because yeah. i was yelling like a lunatic the last minute of the game i was calm the entire way and uh you know start i mean I, I lost my keys on the way to the airport. You know, thank God I took my garage door opener with me. You know, I've been too lazy to call a locksmith to get into our house. So I'm like, wow. you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take the garage door opener, you know. And uh it proved to be a, a good decision, you know, because I lost the keys uh in an Uber, but thankfully the guy lives in our neighborhood, so we'll get those back uh later. But there was that. Um some other things went wrong that I'm not at liberty to say, but, um, oh, and by the way, before the game, like the new year's Eve, I mean, it was great. Like I'm out walking around with my wife. She just decked out in this incredible, this chest, by the way, decked out in this incredible purple and gold outfit, which by the way, they're Lakers colors. She's walking ahead of me and, uh, we're right next to the team hotel. Um, I think it's, uh, the four seasons. So very nice hotel. You know, you stay at the team hotel right next to it. So we're walking there and, you know, there's, they're, they're stopping us for a second. And there's this bus of huge black guys getting out. You know, we see a couple go by and then this guy walks by, stops for a second, you know, <laughs> makes eye contact with my wife, probably because she had the shiny purple and gold. And then he just keeps walking. And I'm just like, holy shit, that's LeBron James. <laughs> like that's Le- LeBron fucking James. And it's probably because my wife, you know, she's decked out in purple and gold, which are Lakers colors. I mean, LeBron had this nasty look on his face. And so I, I you know, like a few minutes later, I, I checked and like they, he lost by 20 to the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, <laughs> but just, I mean, you know, you, you know, I mean, it's just so many stories. I mean, the Texas fans, you know, they're so overconfident. I mean, the, you know, the parade mm-hmm. walking into the game. But anyway, any, I'm just babbling on here, Jimmy. But, you know, because I, I, I want to hear about your travels and, uh, you know, your game. Um, and, uh, all of those things. So, yeah, I'm going to shut up now, brother. Well, well, babble, babble on, buddy. Every, everybody wants to hear it. You know, it's, uh, these opportunities don't come along often. Everyone's soaking in as much content as possible. I mean, Softy's a raging lunatic. He's had, uh, tremendous amount of guests on breakdown of the game. Uh, he's got a loaded show tomorrow. I think he's got Locker, Cody Pickett few other people um so yeah it, it was uh obviously i got in sunday night at eleven forty. i had a smooth flight all the way in a shout out to southwest they did a hell of a job i gotta say on time uh good service they had live television on the plane so um i gotta give a shout out to southwest i haven't flown them in years and they did a great job i got off the got into an uber Actually, I got a taxi because the Ubers are like 110 bucks. Taxi was 36 bucks. So what are you gonna do? You take the cheap ride. And uh, of course, I was rolling in right at midnight, so I saw a bunch of fireworks 
you know, while I was on, on, I, I think it's I 10 there. And, uh, you know, go straight to the team hotel. Our first night was there and go in people are partying. Lit. My first thought was how are the players sleeping? Yeah, can I? I'll just jump in for a second. Like you were texting me at like right after midnight. You didn't even say Happy New Year. You just said, "How can the play? How can the players sleep with all this noise?" <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't forget what I said. I don't know. Maybe they're wearing earplugs or they're in noise-proof rooms. Well, it, it's funny because, and I think I know, said it's, it's a it's a seven forty-five game. You know, calm down. Yeah, yeah, you did. That's what she said, and uh, you know. So I was waiting for my, my buddies who were on Bourbon Street, you know, kicking off the New Year down there in that wild scene. You know, I see uh, Lawyer Malloy walk in the, you know, walk into the lobby, gives me a what up. You know, I was pretty pumped because, you know, he's an all-timer for me. And did, uh, you know, ten, ten second timeout. Did he beef with you about why he's no longer your favorite Husky? I, I thought about mentioning it, but uh, I, I, I don't think he was stopping to chat. Let's just say that, you know. He, no, no, but stop think, and chat. Shout out to Larry David. Yeah, no stop and chat. No stop and chat. No stop and chat. So, uh, you know, it. Uh, so, just jumping forward, the rooms were very quiet. <laughs> I can't remember what floor we were on, but you know, it was. Uh, you couldn't hear anything. So, I, I, I assume the players slept like babies the night before. Didn't wasn't worried a bit. But you know, they got those Bose Comfort sleep earphones. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe Panic's got all the players, those so they can sleep at night. You know, they've done the road trips to get before. They they know how to prepare for the noise. But, you know, honestly, smooth travels, uh, you know, about four hours before the game, the nerves were, jump, were pretty jumpy, uh, to say the least. Um, and then, of course, we got to witness, uh, you know, truly a, an epic evening. And, you know, Chess, when I was – you know, on the verge of not going to this game. Like I was, my mindset is I wasn't going to go. And then obviously last minute changed my mind. I knew deep down I had to be at this game because I knew it was going to be special. And we, every Husky fan and even Texas fans knew that game should have been won by a much wider margin should have never come down to a play, a single play. You know, Texas was, was silent the entire third quarter. The entire third quarter, quiet. I, I knew, you know, I called the Trice career game, which, you know, I, it that was his best game in his career. And and that it was going to be a special night for the defense. And I felt like all eyes were on the offense, which makes total sense and is should be the case. But I felt like, you know, the defense was going to have their opportunity uh, to make a little bit of statement for themselves. And, you know, Ewers had nothing in the first half. I mean, I think through halfway through the third quarter, I'm at, he didn't even have 200 yards passing. And, yeah, they got some running game going. Um, but I think, you know, DeBoer and those guys were going to just let Sark be Sark and, and win that game. And, and Penix was probably the most accurate he's ever been uh, in recent months. Maybe the, the first Oregon game. I mean, I mean, honestly, like, in the Paxwell Championship, he was deadly too. Um, but it, it, it's fitting that Elijah Jackson gets gets that uh, gets that game play at the end of the game because you know he's been maligned. We know he has struggled at times, and you know fans have been tough on him. And for him to have that moment, if you saw the reaction, I mean, he was like stunned. You know, he 
he he was fired up, but you could see like, you know, they just they just won the game. He made a massive play to 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 clinch it, obviously. And uh, man, what what a reaction at the end of the game for that kid! Yeah, it was a great play. I'm not sure if I, I don't. I think the pass was a little off target, and he and I think um, I'm not taking anything away from the play. Mm, but like, okay. like if he if he if if he didn't like, I I just think the pass was off target, and uh, the receiver wasn't in position to catch it in bounds. But nevertheless, well, it, it was still a, I, it's still a hell of a play. I'm not I'm not taking anything away from Elijah Jackson. I'm just making an observation about Texas well, I, and I you think, and yours. I think a couple things there. Um, I sure as hell. It it was off target. I don't think that is necessarily where the ball was supposed to be. But what what would concerning is that he was falling back. If he had caught, let's just say he caught the fall ball and was able to drag a portion of his foot in the end zone. Um, you know, if it was like a couple, of, you know, it's a game of inches. You would have been losing your mind, right? I mean, he he made sure that the there was no chance for, you know, some miraculous play there at the end and by knocking the ball out and and i love i do love the fact that not a single texas fan you know were, was looking for a pi call on that play and we only heard one fan after the game say mention the refs and i've watched most of the replay and a lot of the first half penalties were totally legit there was nothing wrong with those calls whatsoever and the texas fans that were booing and screaming bullshit and the, if they go back and watch the tape they, they they clearly show holding penalties. They show the low block that's a penalty now in the game. So they they were all legit. And you know Texas is a highly penalized team too. They they commit a lot of penalties, and that you know that's just that's that's Sark ball baby. So I mean again, I, a lot of gracious fans after the game dealt with some pricks before the game for sure. Um, but there was definitely that air of confidence among all the fans. Um, I, I will give a shout out. A guy with two younger kids had just pulled up and to the second hotel we were checking into for the day of the game. Uh, they had hopped a flight. I can't remember. I from I think Austin. I don't doesn't really matter. But they flew in at eleven. I think they flew into Houston or something like that, and they drove. I can't remember. Anyway, they their trip to get there. They they rolled in at like three o'clock from coming in from Texas on, you know, a late flight, long drive. Uh, they, they, they were fired up. I mean, that that's cool. But, you know, I didn't want to tell them they were going to go home disappointed. <laughs> yeah, no. The, the, just a, Yeah, as a side note, the dedication that fans like that have, and even the older fans, like I, you know, I remember uh, Mrs. Chess was pointing out that, like, she was just so, like, touched by seeing, you know, the Washington – Oregon, like the first home game, like just after the game, like you see these really old Husky fans who are just slowly just, you know, moving, you know, off yeah. the outside, you know, moving from the aisles, like into the concourse, you know, some people are in wheelchairs and, you know, and, and I, and I saw a couple, you know, couple older fans at this game. There was one guy who had a huge boot on his leg. I mean, that's, that's the dedication. Like that, that's what it, it means to people. Like why, college football is so special and just the, the community 
that you know we can build. I mean, not to get philosophical, but in a time where everybody is so divided and you know just you know left angry. and right and this and just yeah angry and just to have you know to build the UW community and, and to have you know everybody just focused on this team and this university and everything is aligned you know wanting the best for the university the team the players and everybody i mean it's it's just special to see the support it doesn't matter you know the big swinging dicks down to you know the poor students or you know lower class and middle class but like that everybody cares about it so much and it's just a it's just a beautiful thing um, it is so yeah is. i mean yeah not not to get sappy on everybody but yeah i wanted to get that out but you know back to the game yeah i mean i texted you because you know i was you texted me you know because you got there before we did you were said you know walking in it's 90 to 10 texas to you dub fans when we were walking in it was like 95 to 5 and i mean that was i mean yeah. it might have been nine it might have been 97 to 3 like right i mean it was just all texas fans there were barely any Husky fans. And then in our section, we had pretty good seats. I mean, we were, you know, on, you know, we were in not the lowest deck. I think we were just right above that, um, like around the 40-yard line. I think there was just above us was kind of like a, not a luxury box, but kind of a, a small area that looked like a luxury box. But anyway, you know, when we were on the Husky side, even where in the little area we were in, it was like 90-10. There were barely hmm. any Husky fans. I mean, we were – Surrounded by Texas fans, but you know, and I texted you before the game, and just you know, when I see that, I just I get a bad feeling. But <laughs> there was a guy, there was a guy to the left of us, and a guy behind us, like uh, you know, probably like a fifty-year-old fan. And I mean, they, they were very nice. I mean, they were classy, they were cheering. But you know, during the game, they're making comments and you know, asking us questions, and um, just the guy behind, like. During one call, where like the, the Texas fans are like they were just going crazy, like oh, it's a terrible call. Fuck you, Rev. The guy was saying like he's like I'm not responsible for those fans. Like you know that's just horrible behavior. And I said like well, I said like that was me like ten years ago. And the guy said well, you know that was that was me six months ago. And I said that could be me. And I said I said that could be me in the fourth quarter. And they were all cracking up. But um, he yeah he just he sh he shook like yeah he shook our hands at the end. And I just, you know, <laughs> you know, the funny comment, like, you know, say it to his face, you know, back from the, back from, uh, the, you know, the dogman boards like 15 years ago, I, I texted <laughs> you and I said, you know, I shook both their hands and like I said it to your I said it to their face like you guys are first class fans. You know, thank you for making this a good experience. And like I was really dreading. I mean, I was really, you know, with like 30 seconds ago, I was really dreading. I'm like, you know, I'm going to shake this guy's hand. But like. You know, what am I going to, oh, you know, great game because, you you know, you fucking stole it or whatever. Um, <laughs> but, but uh, so, yeah, I mean, that, that experience, I mean, shout out to those fans because they were, they were really good. And they just said Penix is unbelievable. Um, but, you know, it's also, Jimmy, why being in the Big Ten will help us because so many people nationally, they didn't know how good Penix was. Yeah. Until this game. I mean, and if they would have known this, the guy wins the Heisman easily. Yes, easily no, no question i mean e even even you know before this performance no question if all these people do how good uh you know Penix is so the you know the the branding and uh, all i mean it's definitely improving but hopefully we can you know kick it into overdrive 
Well, I mean, Chess, I mean, ESPN's a big offender to this, right? I mean, they, they dominate the college football world. Uh, they have, I mean, watching the next day programs, I mean, the get up show in the morning, they spent 30 or 40 minutes on the Michigan Alabama game. They spent a minute and 30 seconds on Texas Washington game. Uh, it, it's sickening. This whole storyline about Harbaugh going to the NFL is this Saban's last year and that dumbass Feinbaum. Who wants to listen to what has yeah. Feinbaum has to say? I have no interest yeah, that, in that guy's opinion. That that fucking guy is an abrasive cunt, and he's <laughs> never he's never said anything that's been real. <laughs> he's never made a good insight on anything. You know, He's when a pathetic. team, you know, has a has a bad game, he just rips their coach. I mean, he, he rips certain programs. You know, the, the guy's a fucking shock jock, and he should be, you know, in some backwater in the south where he came from. You know, he should be dropped out of an airplane back to bumfuck Alabama, you know, wherever he came from. He's and, a and- fucking hack cunt. <laughs> no, that's not how you really feel. Yeah, at least at least you know, and even though Stephen A. Smith said Michigan, he called out Doonesday Odunzo, but at least he said you know, at least he said those you know, he was about to say those brothers can ball you know, because that's all he says. But he was like, I mean, Odunzay, you know, Ben Folk. I mean, if if those, if those I mean, if the, if those guys are on, like, I mean, it all bets are off. I mean, at least you know, at least he made that point. But um, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, what all, I was gonna say is. A lot of things that I think get lost in the conversation, too. And I, I notice, like, in even pre and post conversations, is that Washington has now they're they won 20 games, now 21 games after this win. And that that's getting lost to the fact and, and the fact that Michigan is favored, whatever. It's fine. I mean, I, I like it. I, I you know. I I like Washington being the underdog, but now you know DeBoer's five and zero as an outright underdog. Um, you know, all anyone can talk about now is the Michigan defense, um, and Corum. You know, which you know both those things are are highlights for the team, and, and they're good. Uh, but you know the the Harbaugh storyline to me is not very interesting. The DeBoer storyline to me is very interesting. And you know they they did milk the uh, the Penix injury pass and what he's been able to do now, um, but the narrative again about Washington is just one of you know disrespect and and nonsense. I mean, Boogers come out and said Michigan's going to win the game. You know he picked Texas, Alabama, uh, Michigan, and then Washington. That was his you know pecking order going into the the Final Four. And uh, couldn't have been more wrong, and he's going to be wrong again. Um, so, you know, in, in Texas fans, I think knew they didn't deserve to win that game. Um, they knew Washington was the better football team. It was quite apparent. Uh, I, I mean, you look at what the offensive line did to Sweat and Murphy. Penix was untouched. Uh, he only had six pressures the entire game. Obviously, he didn't get sacked. Um, incredible. But, I mean, but Penix also made. I mean, here's the thing we have to understand. I mean, 
if you don't if you have a really good quarterback but he's not a Penix, there's probably mm-hmm. you know a couple there's a probably a couple of sacks Two, three maybe. or four more, three or four more incompletions sure so I mean realistically looking at you know Michigan yeah they have a great defense I mean I don't know I mean if I mean if we hold them to zero sacks I mean we'll win the game but you know just realistically I'm kind of hedging and saying maybe they'll get a couple sacks I mean, I'm not smart Why? enough to know if they have. I, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just overcompensating. I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe they don't. Maybe we're going to be able to handle their line, and it's just the same as Texas line. Um, but I don't uh, have nerves about the game. I've had nerves, like tremendous nerves in Vegas. I had tremendous nerves before the Sugar Bowl. Now, granted, ask me the day of the game, but right now, like. I just, I feel like this team can't is not going to be denied, even if they make it. Ex- I mean, could you imagine making the end of a game any harder than Washington did? I, I mean, Petros, I, Petros was on Softy Show the other day, and he's like, "I come from a different generation. I walked, I hopped, I hobbled off a field with a com- field with a compound fracture in my leg." He's like, these day and age kids, man, he's like, they're soft. I mean, he was calling Dylan Johnson out uh, for the way he handled uh, his injury at the end of the game. Now, looking at that moment, it looked absolutely dire. Absolutely dire. Oh, my God. This is a serious injury. They're going to get the card out. Where's the air cast? Um, You know, and and the fact that, you know, they that gave them so we could have run 40 seconds off the clock and, and and you go third and 10 before uh Grady's field goal kick to go up uh six you throw the ball <laughs> what i and then you get the penalty on the the punt yeah, I was thinking about that. Too. But one thing about throwing the ball on the third and sixth that we have to, we have to, uh, you know, be careful about second guessing the coaches. And I know it sounds ridiculous coming from us. Okay. Uh, this this staff are they're twenty five and two. <laughs> okay, they're twenty five and two. They're they're pretty money. They they got us on the doorstep of a national championship. So. Um, I, I I'm not I, I'm not disputing that at all. I'm just pointing out how difficult it was to close that game out. Like, did that feel like did a at a minute thirty chess the the percentage chance of Washington winning the game according to ESPN predictor it was ninety nine point eight percent. And you, you know when Whittington caught that fade <clears throat> uh, down the sideline. I was getting extremely distressed. But, <laughs> extremely distressed. However, um, inside the 20, Texas actually is not very good scoring touchdowns. Oh, great point. Uh, so I, I'm actually glad they got down there because that's kind of where, you know, they struggle. And, you know, they're apparently – um, it was talked at the or after the game that Ewers had a concussion. 
Uh, I think it was after that trice hit, he hit the back of his head pretty hard on the ground. I know ESPN was was throbbing and salivating at the idea of Arch Manning coming out into the game. Um, but when they were inside the 12, and then we had some nice pressure packages. Mish had that great pressure off the edge. Um, you know, par- one of the Parker boys, it was number 94. I don't know which Parker brother it is. But on that fourth down play, he got inside pressure on yours on that pass. So, yeah, you know, that, 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 those little things really matter. Like they never, you know, it doesn't get picked up in the box score as like a TFL. I don't know. Maybe PFF will give them a pressure, but yeah, I saw that, you know, and I, yeah, I mean, I just get like numb in those moments at the end of the game where it's like a coin flip. It could, it could go either way, but like subconsciously, I'm just thinking like, you know, this team just doesn't lose. You know, it's really like they don't they'll they'll just they'll they'll make a play, like whatever's needed to be done. Yeah, it's truly striking. I mean, I I almost And, and you're that. right, with Park with Parker getting the pressure on second down and then third down, you know, Mish almost uh sacking viewers. Um yeah, and then, you know, they're still at the of course they're gonna put time back on the clock. Yeah, you knew that was coming. Yeah, even though um, I was, I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, and then Elijah Jack, I mean, he just, he, he made a great play. I mean, he, he, even though I said it might have, you know, it might have not been catchable or whatever, he left no doubt. You know, jumped up over the guy and knocked the ball away. Just great fucking play. Yeah, I mean, and if you watch him, he, he made sure that he wasn't going to go inside. He, his positioning was excellent, and then he was able to, you know, come back and, and make a great play on the ball. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it, it was uh, a fitting ending. And, it, you know, the idea of like, Texas feeling like they had the hope to get there and that was just snatched out of their hands at the end. You know that game drove Kwiatkowski and Sarkeesian crazy. Uh, to that, that, you know, they, they felt that loss, obviously. Obviously. Yeah, but you know, back to the uh, Arch Manning thing, you know, shout out to Olin... Johansson on Twitter, great Husky fan. Um, his being at the, you know, and I haven't had time to watch the replay. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, he, he, you know, he said, shout out to Sugar Sugar Bowl, Arch Manning warming up and looking like a 12 year old being told he has to deliver a baby. So yeah, I didn't see that. Then you were telling me that, you know, you had a concussion. But look, shout out to you because you've been pointing out Trice the last three, four, five games of the season. Um, and you've been dead on. He's taken his game up another level because he knows you. You can see it early in that game. You know when Texas yep. was, when 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 they were moving the ball. Um. Um. You, you know when Trice when they when they could contain him or contain his pressure, they were having a much easier time. But you know every time he got a sack, they ended up punting it. Basically, I mean he had two sacks. What did he have? Eight or nine pressures, a forced fumble. I mean, yeah. those turnovers were huge. I mean, master of the obvious statement, but um, and you know, a mini shout out to me on saying that Arch or yours uh, is injury prone. Uh, yeah, because maybe, you know when he maybe, got maybe, up, maybe if, yeah, go ahead. Well, when he got up, he was limping off the field too. He took he took a serious shot from Trice, and on on Trice's first sack that he got for the night, when when you watch the replay. Uh, the move he put on that right tackle was insane. 
Um, he, he had that tackle was smoked. He had no opportunity, uh, uh, on that one. And Trace had a straight shot at yours and just popped him. So, yeah, I mean, it was a tremendous effort, uh, by Trice and yeah, I mean, that's a career game for him. And, and part of that, I felt like is that, um, he, uh, you know, he wanted to smack Texas. Uh, you know, I, I felt like he had some additional um, motivation. And, uh, you know, it, it showed. And, and you were right about, um, I think you mentioned Bruner. Like one, one of the questions on the pod we did with Tequila was like, you know, who, you know, like, you know, name a player people aren't talking about who's going to have a big game or, make a big impact. Um, I, I think you mentioned Bruner, right? Did I? I can't remember. <laughs> well, Sorry, Bruner had, he had a forced, he had a forced fumble. The second one. Yeah. Um, and also both, I mean, both of you guys mentioned Westover who had some incredible catches and, and that, I mean that, and, and just one other thing to, to go back to Trice, the national people have been underrating our talent. You know, shout out to Greg McElroy because he's pointed out, like, we're going to have three or four first rounders. We're going to have seven guys picked in the top 100 picks of the draft. And so nationally, these people just, they don't watch the games. They don't do any research. They just look at recruiting rankings or, you know, stats, you know, dinosaur stats. Shout out to Tequila, you know, for that incredible comment. <laughs> and so they they don't know, but that I mean that's that's why amongst other reasons why we're able to beat Texas in Oregon and beat them clearly, you know, clearly being the better team. I mean, um, despite the fact that they have better rosters, top to bottom, they have stronger rosters. Uh, but because if you look at the top five or the top seven players, we're probably the most talented team in the country. You know, when you have Penix, you have Rome, you have Troy, uh, you have Rosengarten, and you have Trice, Jalen McMillan. Muhammad. Those, I mean, yeah, you have Muhammad. I mean, those guys are, I mean, they are superior to every other team's top five or top seven players. And that's why we're winning. I mean, of course, we have a unicorn coach as well incredible culture, experienced team, you know, all those things. But, you know, you – football is different than basketball. You know, basketball, if you just need a big two to win, basically. But football, I mean, when you have the quarterback, you know, you have playmakers at wide receiver and then just a few playmakers on defense, like especially Trice, but, you know, Muhammad as well. And, you know, Bruner, he's made some key plays. And, you know, Eddie's played really well. But just when you have guys like that and they're just taking their they're taking their game to another level because they know now is when the team needs it. Like to win this game, we need trice God mode, you know, Penix, just duplicate what you just did against Texas. Yeah. Yeah. And and those and those things, you know, and it doesn't matter what the what the fucking stats or metrics say or S&P plus and 45th defense. You know, if if Trice can go off and get two or three sacks and cause a turnover, you know, the metrics aren't going to, you know, they're not going to tell you that. 
I mean, it, 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 he could be, you know, he could be a game wrecker. Well, you know, CBS did the top 20 players in the playoff or the final four. I know you don't like the word playoff, but uh, Washington had five guys and, and Penix was number one. And when we talk about teams being built, built to make a run, I mean, you have, I mean, that one dude's post on Hardcore who studied Washington and was comparing it to the LSU team and how he made all these futures bets on Washington. Insane. That's one of the most interesting reads I've read in a long time. But think about it. You have three NFL receivers. You have an NFL quarterback. You have an NFL running back who's an elite blocker. You have an offensive line that has the Joe Moore Award and was told that they wouldn't be able to handle Texas. Uh, and then you have Trice. Um, and then you have, you know, a key corner. Um, and then you got you got good linebacker. Our linebacker plays, you know, improving. I think tackling's improved. Um, we have a good rotation on the D-line, at least keeping guys uh, healthy. I mean, this team... It just has not gotten its due nationally, and and I think one detractor, which is absurd, is because what do they have? Ten games now of winning, you know, ten points or less, and and teams think, well, you got to be dominant if you're just a dominant like team, you're just gonna blow everyone out, and you know, there's truth to that. If you're really damn good and you blow everyone out, you're really damn good. But this team's really damn good, and uh, you know they they play it close to the vest, and, and they they like being in positions. Well, I feel like Texas was too close, but they seem to be very comfortable in in closing out a game with you know six minutes to go. And in the case of Texas, it, you know, I obviously some of those circumstances were just completely out of their control. You know, mainly the the Dylan Johnson uh, injury, um, but you know they this team is just really good. And I was I don't know if I mentioned this, but but right before we got on the boxing, there needs to be a documentary on this team, regardless of how it how it uh, unfolds on Monday, because of you know what they went through with Lake the turnaround ever since then uh, all the pieces that came together to make this a reality uh, and, and just, you know, the blood, sweat and tears, so to speak, to, to get to this point. I mean, it's a pretty epic, epic story when you start really dwelling on, on what has transpired. I mean, Penix has only lost two games as a quarterback for Washington. You know these guys don't want to lose another game together. They've been they've been through too much, and they've heard they've gotten too much disrespect. Um, it, yeah. it's amazing. But you know the the money sixty one percent of the bets are going Washington's way. Sixty one percent of the money's uh you know going to Washington. Yeah, um, I apologize for the echo right now. Um, but uh, what I was going to say in regards to the close wins, what people don't understand is we've basically controlled every game. And we haven't been behind in the fourth quarter. I mean, other than the Arizona State game and the two Oregon games for – I mean, we're briefly behind. 
But other right. than that, I mean, we've we've controlled all of these games. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and just, I mean, when we talk about unicorn coaches and, and even over the years, I mean, Race has mentioned this too, um, you know, really good coaches turn things about, around very quickly. Like you saw that with like Urban Meyer uh, everywhere he went. Uh, you know, Saban. I mean, DeBoer turned this around in like one year. And, you know, ESPN predictor before the start of the season had Washington winning – 7.8 games. That was the prediction. It, Jimmy, I, I love Andrew. Uh, but And he was telling me before the season, uh, because his metrics, thing, which is great. I mean, it does a good job for gambling. But he was saying it had us at 8.5 wins. And I was, you know, being a little facetious. He said, what should the over-under be? And I said, 14. Like, I was being a little facetious. But I told him, like, Listen, man, th this team has a chance to go 12-0. and 0. I mean, th th we've got a unicorn coach. This is a really good team. And, I mean, it, because of all those reasons, it's defied all these metrics. And people are still, you know, Bill Connolly, I mean, I, I wanted to reply to one of his tweets. Uh, people are still, you know, they're bringing up that shit. And these moron fans with their dinosaur stats. I mean, there's so many YouTube comments on podcasts that I haven't replied to. I'm just... God, I mean, the people who just for our audience, one thing we people need to know, like anytime you see someone quoting yardage stats, do not take them seriously. <laughs> do not take them seriously. Like, they don't know anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the best metric is FEI. And again, that had our defense at number 84 last year. It's at number 27 now. So I know S&P Plus has us at number 44, but it has us at number 27 now. FEI, that's our defense. But you look, you can go look at what Oregon's offense was ranked in FEI. I mean, it's it's, it's like in the top, I mean, top three maybe. Um, <laughs> Texas's offense, I think, was in the top five. It, it, Jimmy, we held them to 21 points until the middle of the fourth quarter. And that was basically 14 points because our special teams handed them a touchdown. Right. And it's the same yeah. thing with the Oregon game. So the Oregon game, was it was 34-24, you know, where we basically had the game won late in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, people need to look at how the defense has actually performed in these big games. Can I ask you one question? Yeah. Well, what was your reaction to the double flea flicker? <laughs> um, I, I just, I just thought that look, we're we're killing these guys just with basic plays. Why do we need to do that? Yeah, um, I, I just, I, mean, I, the, I just want to say the, one. Our 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 first half stats were ridiculous. We were averaging over ten yards of play in the first half. Didn't I think uh, Penix had one hundred and thirty eight yards in the first quarter? <laughs> I think he had one hundred and ninety yards halfway through the second. And I, I'm just thinking to myself, you know, you remember the series in the first Oregon game where we we went two possessions, six passes, you know, went three and out on each. So we had six straight incomplete passes. And then I'm thinking like in this third quarter, I get it. Like the double flip, they're going for the kill shot there. I get it. I just don't think you need it. And and a few of the, you know, some of the Wildcat stuff, and yeah, I just felt like the way Penix was playing, 
I just had trouble, you know, I felt like you never let him not have the ball in his hand. And I think, you know, some of those short yards plays, you know, they've, they've designed some great plays for McMillan to get short yardage catches. So I'll be curious. I'll be curious what we'll see on Monday in some of these scenarios. But I will say this. Yeah. Having Penix, having Penix start to run the design yeah. runs. I mean, yeah. it's beautiful because I mean, the, the, because DeBoer and Grubb, I mean, all they care about is winning. They know how yeah. to, how to win. They're not concerned with maximizing stats and, you know, these things that are, you know, beating right. teams by 20. Uh, so that, you know, so the metrics will look good and all that shit. They're just concerned with you know, managing this team as they've done you know, to a conference championship, you know, a major bowl win and potentially a national championship. And that's why they brought out the design runs from Penix. They didn't start yep. doing that. Sh- they didn't start doing that shit last year or earlier this year when they didn't need to, you know, now they know, at least yeah. with Texas, you only have two games left. I mean, they brought they brought it out against Oregon a little bit. There were a couple plays, and then the Penix had yep. three design runs this game. That um, power run up the middle yeah, is amazing. Yeah, they they are go yeah they are going to use that this game because they want to win a national championship. And, and Penix they, had they, go ahead. Penix he Penix he's he's lost some athleticism, but he has great football instincts for running. He has the instincts. Well, and he ran at Indiana. He ran the ball at Indiana, and um, there, yeah. I mean, I think his, you know, and he put on full display his pocket awareness as well against Texas, which was amazing. (laughs) You know that shot he had over. He just, he just uh, stepped to the side on on the. I think it was Murphy who got who got uh, through two guys. It was actually you know a really good play by by. By Murphy and uh, Penix just sidesteps it and just slingshots it to Rome for a great play over the middle. And in his Penix's throw to McMillan in the end zone, uh, I don't know who. Oh, it was Daniel Rolowski on Pat Maxey was calling it a piss missile. <laughs> it's like that's just a piss missile. Like he's like, you know, that's. NFL, you know, when the NFL guys see these kinds of throws, like they're going to jump up draft. He's going to jump up draft boards quickly, regardless of his injury history. I mean, yeah, I'm just just telling you now, if if we win this game, he's going to be a top three pick. I, I, I would take, I would take him over Caleb Williams. I just think, just think about how many shitty quarterbacks, guys have taken i mean because the thing is sometimes you know most quarterbacks are busts and a lot of these guys that get projected you know uh uh, drake may even you know the michigan quarterback i mean bo nicks it's like give me a fucking break i mean just watch the tape watch Penix play and you know the i mean he's a great passer but what these what these analysts don't even know he has all the intangibles. He's super humble. He's an incredible leader. He's fucking yeah. incredibly clutch. He plays the best in the highest pressure moments. It's a no fucking brainer. Yeah. 
yeah it's it's crazy man it it is uh hard to imagine that that yeah what you seriously gonna take drake bay over michael pettix you're out of are you you're gonna take bo nicks over michael Penix? no you're not you're not so yeah, yeah. you're out of out of your fucking mind yeah, I mean, it was, uh, you know, it just keeps getting better being a dog fan, and uh, you know, let, let the let the national media and all these people spew their hatred because why why wouldn't you want why do you want to give you know a humble quarterback who wears his jack with all his players on Heisman why would you want to give him any credit why would you want to give DeBoer a straight arrow humble guy confident has a whole segment about how you have to earn trust as leaders before you know you have to earn the trust of their team as leaders they do a whole five minute segment on his approach i mean this dude you could look at look at all the great coaches he's already displaying all the attributes of like a coach k uh you know a a saban and they're different people but the point i'm saying is is that so many storylines around this team and how they do things. I just, it's been completely overlooked uh, nationally. They just want these stupid, lazy, pointless, uh, you know, headlines about whether Harbaugh's going to go to the NFL. I, you're going to spend a whole hour, like 45 minutes, talking about Harbaugh's decision to go to the NFL useless not interesting boring who gives a shit so whatever yeah just it's it's just awful hope they get this win and they get their due and people come around and you know want to tell some really insightful amazing stories no i mean i don't give a shit about harbaugh's you know, whether he wants to go to the NFL and get paid $10 million a year. Big deal. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he's going to the NFL. Who, who fucking cares? Doesn't matter. So, um, but yeah, I mean, do we want to, do we want to get into Michigan a little bit? How do what do you want to do? Let, let's, let's answer some questions. All right. I think I'm, yeah, I'm still lucid enough. Just, uh, All right. it's been a long, you know, a long, uh, long yeah. trip, but, yeah. uh, Fucking great trip. But, uh, all right, interesting question here. Troy Fautanu told me on Friday that he thought the Texas D-line was better than Oregon. Late Saturday night on Bourbon, he said, Oregon D-line better than Texas. Mm. Question, is Oregon's front better than Michigan? Well, uh, what what did Tequila say? He, he I think it was Tequila who was saying that we're going to find out, we're going to learn that Oregon's probably the best team they've played. Like people are going to come back and realize, you know, that those Oregon victories were huge. Um, And you could argue that Oregon's the best team they face, even, even considering even putting Texas in the mix. Um, You know, with Michigan's front, I mean, all the, I, you know, Michigan Husky lives in Michigan. His brother's been there for 
20 years. Shout out to those guys, man. They, they, uh, they came clutch throughout the whole trip to, to New Orleans. Just got to throw that in there. But, you know, obviously they've, they've watched more Mich- Michigan football than I have. Um, you know, they talked very highly of the, of the defense and the, the defensive line. That's how they win games. But, you know, the Big Ten is also, you know, not a very sophisticated offensive com- conference. There's not a lot of great quarterbacks. Um, so, uh, I, I, I don't know how to compare them. I know that Brock's very high on the Oregon D-line and that they're very athletic and they're all big. And same could be said for Michigan. Um, but this offensive line for Washington, I think, has a different mindset than what we've seen in Fautanu. You know, talking into the camera after the game about how uneducated ESPN is. I mean, these guys have something to prove. Um, and, uh, you know, they're ready to do it again. And I'm not, I'm just, I'm not worried about it. I'm really not. I'm not worried about their defensive front. We've played a lot of good ones. We supposedly played Texas, you know, arguably is the best D-line. They had a 360-pound Outland Trophy winner. They had Murphy. Those are the, those guys are like the two highest graded uh, defensive linemen in the final four, according to PFF. Here's potentially how I look at it. Um, Michigan's D line. It looks probably. I just you know I've been looking at not watching film, but you know looking at uh, player bios, and so I'm I'm doing the stuff that I've criticized other analysts for, you know, because I'm this is <laughs> you know I don't watch film, so I'm t- I'm taking uh I'm taking the you know the cheap route here. All right. My guess is that my guess is that. There isn't a huge difference between Oregon D-line and the Michigan D-line. Now, remember, one of the Oregon guys got hurt in the Pac-12 championship game, which helped us. But nevertheless, Michigan's D-line, very comparable to Oregon's. However, backers and secondary, Michigan's are better than Oregon. You're, I think that's where the... You're going a little down a little bit. You got the phone near your mouth there, buddy. Can you hear me better now? Yeah. All right. Sorry, I was uh, horizontal. <laughs> now I'm sitting up. But I, so I, 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 my sense is that Michigan's D line com- is very comparable to Oregon's D line. Not a huge difference, but maybe Michigan's linebackers and secondary, but Michigan's secondary definitely better than Oregon's linebackers. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe Michigan's are a little bit better. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just trying to sense it here because Michigan's defense is is a little bit better, I would say. I mean, it's definitely elite. Oregon's defense, I'd say, not quite elite. So I think, yeah, you know, yeah. what, does that, what does that mean? What does that mean for us? It means it means that, you know, they have a – Penix is, is – for Michigan to get, you know, they'll probably have to blitz more to get more, you know, to get pressure – you know, our offensive line will be able to hold up against rushing four guys, so they'll need to rush five and blitz. Um, it means that uh, guys are probably – you're going to see fewer guys that are wide open. You know, you prob- probably guys our, that are well, – not. I mean, look it, at it just, the- I mean, our receivers will have – they'll have to duplicate and make the same tough catches. I mean, I mean Michigan's defense – 
is better. And so, you know, probably, um, you know, Penix. What, Penix, what are you comparing I, that against, though? I mean, like, they're better. I mean, so that's the argument. Like, okay, are, they're better, but, I mean, look at the look at the majority of the teams they're playing. And I know they've played Ohio State, and they've beaten them three straight. Um, but they haven't played them in domes. Um, and you know, yeah, I no, I, I mean, I, that that's just that, that that's the simple point here. I mean, I'm talking a lot, yeah. a lot, but saying very little. My my got it. My my point is, yeah, the Michigan's D line. Let's say it's comparable to Oregon's, but the rest of the defense, Michigan, has an edge there. So th- I think that's I think that's what it is. But I I think in terms of the overall game, I mean, I give our offense the advantage, but that's why. I think the game will come down to our run defense, honestly. But you know, we'll get to that at another point. Um, okay, let me. Okay, can we go to the next question? Yeah. If UW is up four with a minute left, mm. clock is stopped. Okay, clock is stopped. Fourth and five for midfield. No timeouts left for either team. Are we punting or throwing to row? I don't know. I I think it just depends on how the game's going. <laughs> I don't like these questions because <laughs> I don't want to think about these scenarios. The, the softy was doing this on the show. Of like, what do you, you know, what's your dream scenario? And all of them sucked. Like Michigan at the three yard line and they get four cracks at the end zone and we stop them all four times. Like, no thanks. That's your dream. That's your dream scenario. That was Dick Fane's dream scenario. Oh my god! What? What a dude, dude, fucking dude, Fane. I mean, like, that is, what is that wrong? is like that's the way that yeah, the way that guy thinks. I mean, Jesus, that's insane to me. That that's just, like just bizarre nightmare. thoughts from that guy. Yeah, very strange. He had some very yeah. strange comments. He's but, a, he's the guy. He's the guy that'll tweet like. Too bad the Huskies lost, but at least the Husky basketball team won. Like they'll tweet some shit like that. Yeah, like yeah, whatever, dude. Yeah, yeah someone came out of the Sugar Bowl. And they're like, Huskies win today, an epic game, and the Kraken win the Winter Classic. I'm like, dude, the Kraken <laughs> winning. I didn't. I waited to go. I didn't want to. I'm like, dude, I could yeah. give. Are you kidding me? Like, who gives a shit that the Kraken <laughs> won the Winter Classic? Like, what? Dude, you just saw one of the best college football playoff or final four games ever. And you're talking about the Kraken winning the winner. Dude, you get your priorities straight, buddy. <laughs> I could care less, but I mean, I, yeah, I would, I would, I would trade a crack, a Kraken and Husky fan should trade like the Kraken. Losing every game the rest of the season for the Huskies yeah, winning man, the national no, championship, no brainer. Same no. thing. I'd, I'd I'd trade the Seahawks going zero and sixteen next year for national championship. Well, you know, no question, no question about it. Yeah, that scenario. Yeah, fourth and five. What do you say? Fourth and five. Okay, fifty. Okay, UW UW is up four. One minute left. Fourth and five for midfield. No timeouts left for either team. Are we punting or throwing to Rome? Punting. Yeah, it's really tough, but I think punting. And I think the reason is because Michigan, they're a, they're a run offense, and that's out of their character. 
Yeah. Or, just, or what, what if it's a what if it's a fake punt? I mean that. No. 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 Punt the ball. Take your chances. Hopefully, you get him. Hopefully, you pin him inside the twenty. And and you know, don't play prevent. All right, what's next? Yeah, hey, can you still hear hear me, or am I on mute? Yeah, you 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 went out a, a few times, but yeah. you, you, you sound good. Miss, yeah, Mrs. Mrs. Jess just left me. She just said, "Tone it down." She just left the room. She said, "Tone it down." I can hear you from the elevator. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting too jacked up. Um, but yeah, no that that is a great that is a great scenario. But yeah, I think you punt. Um, yeah, I I just think that's the right yeah. move. Yeah. I mean, it would be a tougher it would be a tougher call if it was like let's say fourth and two, or well, really yeah. tough call if it's fourth and one. Yeah. Yeah, it but depends it, it, on how the, we've been moving the ball and you know short yards. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, the the flow of the game is also important. But the thing is, I mean, even if you get you get a uh so a touchback is a 25 but let's say you can pin them or, or even if they're at the 20 or the 25 they have to score a touchdown because mm-hmm. you're up four right yeah i think the play is to to make them score a touchdown and that in that case with our with our defense i i think they're they're up to make a play like you know that's what we said i mean opportunistic defense elite offense amazing coaches i mean that the combos are there all the combos are there for them uh to do it again one more time yeah next question um or sorry yeah anything else i was gonna add i'll uh, maybe i'll save it to the end just remind me just remind me uh what i was gonna say about the season as a whole but we can go to the All next right. question. Okay, next question. Uh, which non-starter for UW will have the most impact? Mm. <sighs> Maybe go forth. I'm just guessing. Yeah, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be defense. I think it's gonna be like a Bruner. Um. You know, I'm not. I'm not ready to give up on on Durfee. He. You know, he got his feet under him. He got he got some run there uh, just before the half. Um, he, he, only say had, he, got a, he, he pressured on one play. Yeah, he had he he had one decent uh, rush rep. play rep. Um, but yeah, you know he he didn't do much uh, on his other um, plays. But you know he's getting his legs under him. Uh, let's see if he. You know, gets a few snaps in this game. I don't think I'm not going to say he's going to have the biggest impact of the non-starters, um, <clears throat> but I think uh, I think like yeah, Bruner, um, you know, maybe maybe a Giles Jackson. We know this team got Bernard a touchdown against Michigan State. Are they going to give Jackson a couple plays against his former team? Who you knows? know, guys always guys always play great against their former team. Like Danny Haimuli did re- re- he basically did nothing for Arizona if you look at his game by game stats. But mm-hmm. against the Huskies, he had like a huge game. 
Yeah, so, I think I think Jackson could be potentially a player that will show will have some impact on the game. Yeah, and I think um and I think I mean I, this is kind of like third hand info. I mean I don't really want to repeat where it came from, but mm. there is a view that we could have a speed advantage over Michigan. So, um, oh, I think that's I think that's legitimate for sure. But well, yeah, you know, yeah so that, I mean that, that I'm just that would I mean that would support you know what you're saying about Giles Jackson. Yeah, I mean, you know, be curious to know what the status is of Bernard. Apparently, he limped off in the third quarter. I don't know if he came back in the fourth. Uh, and then obviously Bernard or Muhammad apparently had a little bit, little bit of a shoulder issue, um, but he came back in the game. Westy, I saw him limping on the field. Didn't he? Didn't look like he was in pain or anything. He went, you know, he got water. He seemed fine, but you know, hopefully those guys are you know good to go. I, it would shock me for any of these kids to miss this game, and that includes Dylan Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, sorry. Um battling a non-contagious cold <laughs> as I said earlier. Um Yeah, did you hear uh Billy Joe Hobart being interviewed on by the Heward brothers? So by, by the way, good move no. by 7 good move by 710 to have Damon Heward basically replace Salk for all the college football commentary. Yeah, that's good. H- have you noticed that? So yeah, I haven't had, listened um, to any of it. Oh, listened. Yeah, they, last week they had a great interview with Billy Joe, and uh, yeah, he was in his car, but he was like they were saying, "Oh, if you were t- giving the pre talking to the team, you know, the night before, what would you say?" And the crux of what he was saying is, you know, be prepared to, you know, give everything you have, you know, to this team and to the game of football, and you know, if if, if it's I mean, if you're prepared to, you know, give everything to the game, um, you know, will you, like, losing a limb, potentially, <laughs> you know, or losing a finger, um, and, you know, if you, I mean, that, yeah, that was basically the crux of it. Uh, I mean, I, I can't remember the rest. I'm sorry. I know I, like, built it well, up. Well, Ho- Hobart didn't. Just, didn't give it his all in the NFL. He didn't even read his playbook, but he, he sure seemed to give a great effort in college. Yeah, well, he he had a come to Jesus moment, apparently, and I, I mean, I'm not mocking that. It seems like it's sincere. You know, he pretty much, uh, uh, you know, it, admitted a lot of wrongdoings as he got older and got some perspective. Yeah, and youth youth can be a. Uh... Be a humbling time when you are able to look back when you get older. <laughs> but you, and you know, speaking of Giles Jackson, is yeah. somebody who who needs to be humbled. How about how about that fan, that Texas fan, like yelling at Giles Jackson, one of our and, other and Nagata and Nagata after the game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he wanted to fight them. Like, good luck, yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
you want to fight college kids who have like perfect nutrition, who've been working out, who are like nearly world class athletes. I mean, they yeah. would beat the shit out of you, buddy. They would beat <laughs> yeah. the fucking shit out of you. Yeah. I'd love to see that. <laughs> I, I would love to see that. Yeah, that was that was uh, unbelievable. Uh, it's gone viral. I mean, the guy's been doxxed. I mean, oh, is like he gonna lose his like, job? No, he he's part of a law firm. He's got uh, you know, he's like an ant. I don't know if it's true, but people are saying he's, they're like ambulance chaser law firm and you know no he's not going to get docs or anything like he's not going to pay a price for it he's he's a partner you know nobody cares it's not like some corporate it's not like he's working for google and they got to make an example of the guy <laughs> yeah i mean i i hope yeah well good i mean he shouldn't yeah, deserve to he's not gonna yeah, he's not gonna have any yeah he, i'm all for public shaming but as long as you don't lose your job you know, oh, yeah. That's taking I mean, it, looked, that's taking it too bad. far. I mean, his, his kid was right there. I mean, it was bad luck. I mean, come on. Yeah, that's really bad. Terrible. Yeah. Um, all right, next question. Uh, yeah. Saban talked today about Michigan's, oh, their offense, huddling throughout the game, giving Alabama less time to react on D. Thoughts for us if they do the same? No huddle? Yes. Or, uh, no, they're they're – so Michigan, their offense huddled quite a bit. Well, they huddled. You know, that, yeah. So the, I, giving Alabama's defense less time to react. By huddling? Yeah. So they huddle, and then they come out and line up and snap it pretty quickly. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I don't know if that will give us trouble or not. It's interesting. I mean, we like to we like to look at the defense for a really long time and create mismatch and motions and shifts. You know, they moved Fatano to the right, put Dylan Johnson at fullback. They kind of went up quick and ran some of those plays quickly at their lineups. Um, so yeah, there, there might be something to that. Um, but if they, you know, if they're studying Michigan and I don't know how creative they are offensively. Uh, you know, they really rely on Corum and, and the offensive line. And, you know, Roman Wilson's really the only guy that's a real threat offensively, you know, beyond Corum. It's not like they're right with Texas. You had to worry about three, like pretty good receivers. Like, you know, Worthy didn't do shit. Um, Butterfingers Worthy. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, Mitchell's good. And, and I, you know, Whitt Whittington's pretty tough. Like, I'd take that guy. I I'd be happy to have that guy on my team. Um, you know, you're not, you're just not, you're not uh, overly concerned about a lot of different guys making plays. Like, their tight end's pretty good. I think Loveland's uh, a fine, fine tight end. Uh, I'm surprised Texas didn't use their tight end more than they did. Um, but, you know, them, you know, huddling and then coming out making play, I just, what do you have to worry about? I, there's some issues with Alabama. I mean, I, I didn't watch the game, but, you, you know, clearly Milrow wasn't ready for pressure, and, you know, that's just going to be a totally different scenario for, for Penix. I, Alabama, Alabama's, off, Al, Alabama's offensive line is not good. Okay, Texas destroyed them. 
I know it was early yeah. in the season, but you know they could not block Texas. Yeah, I, I just think Alabama had a lot of problems. Uh, yeah. You know, Michigan had some big, big uh, mistakes on special teams. They had a muff punt inside the five, but they recovered the ball, and then they had the the mishap on the field goal. And I wonder if that's just being out of football for a month. You know, Bernard got tried to get greedy on his like. You, I was you never can, the, the, yeah, the Jeremy Bernard, like he, it looked like he was kind of leaning forward, like the way he was trying to catch it, it really looked yeah. questionable. He was going to try to run. I mean, he 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 just got greedy, and he's a confident kid. I don't have any problem. I'm not worried about him back there. I just think that he, I think he saw a lane. He wanted to take advantage of it, and you know, he made the mistake of not securing the ball first. And again, a learning experience that they are not going to. They didn't pay for. Yeah, it's and someone, um, someone I think made the point that you know the way compare the and contrast the way DeBoer was talking to Bernard after his fumble versus the guy on Texas. Well, I don't. Yeah, what was you kind of mentioned? What Sark just didn't even acknowledge him. Yeah, right? yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He barely acknowledged him, supposedly. Well, you know. Yeah, I mean, so it's just little things like that. But yeah, sure. going going back to Alabama, um, I mean, if you look at the yards in that game, and I think yards per play, I mean, Michigan really outplayed Alabama, but still, because Saban's such a great coach, you know, their special teams did really well. I mean, Alabama was, you know, it was like a coin flip. I mean, they easily could have won that game, you know, with went into overtime. With, I mean. with, yeah, with with a lot, you know, with a lot of flaws. So beating, I mean, and I'm not trying to diminish Alabama, but it, it really wasn't that great of an Alabama team. Um, right. You know, they, I mean, obviously they had huge confidence after beating Georgia. And, and by the way, Georgia, um, they were missing lots of guys. Um, they were not at full strength against uh, against Alabama when they lost that game. Hmm. Um, but, you know, that I mean, that that's to our benefit because if, if – Georgia was in this thing, you know, Georgia's probably winning it. Um, but yeah, so ne- nevertheless, um, yeah, Michigan's getting, <clears throat> I mean, yeah, beating Alabama is great, but I mean, come on, they almost, you know, they easily could have lost that game. Sure. Um, okay. Uh, next question uh, from Joel Dombrow, one of our big fans, shout out to Joel at Joel Dombrow. Hope I Good to have you, Joel. Right. Yeah, shout out to Joel. Um, how much of Michigan's vaunted defense is a result of playing no offenses yeah. better than number 42 or number 47 in the nation? Question mark. I know they're really good, but are they 2016 Alabama good? Here's my quick response to that. We are 2016 Clemson good, our offenses. So consider that. Right. But but I, I don't I don't think they're 2016. Alabama good. That was an all-timer no. defense. Uh, you know, Tech has uh, a. I screenshotted a lot of the stats he he posted. I I don't remember all the details. I'm not going to look it up, but he posted on a hardcore, uh, pretty lengthy, you know, statistics around. I think TCU put up 500 yards on Michigan last year. Uh, they gave up a lot of yards, I believe against, uh, Maryland in the air. Uh, they've only, you know, they've only faced 
two top 50 offenses. We faced eight. Um, you know, the, the quarterback play in the Big Ten is, you know, not great, not good. I mean, look, who do they got? That They got Tua's brother. Uh, McCord was fine at Ohio State. I don't think he blew anyone away. Um, you know, I just, when we look at UW, they just haven't faced anyone in the same ballport, ballpark uh, as to what Washington to do. And, you know, someone called it, you know, an alien offense. You know, Washington has an alien offense. And someone else mentioned that, you know, Harbaugh hired a lot of guys from the NFL. The The defensive coordinator has an NFL background. Like, he's really good at his job. But sometimes when you have elite talent, you have elite playmakers, you know, there comes a point where, you know, how are you going to stop those guys? And so, you know, we're going to find out soon enough if they got it in them. Yeah. Uh, can you hear me, brother? Yeah, I got gotcha. you. All right. Um. Yeah, I, I think Michigan's defense is – it will be the best that we've seen. I think that's fair to say. But um, I, I don't – I still give our offense the advantage. Um, I don't – you know, they gave up, you know, 20 points to Alabama. You know, how many how, – how much did they give up to Ohio State? 24. Um, <laughs> and, I, and, yeah, they're making the point, yeah, they've built this. You know, this is the same defense that stopped Ohio State and – you know, 21 and 22, but, you know, you had different players those years. And, you know, this Washington offense is, you know, it's better than those offenses, in my opinion. Like, it's it's going into God mode. Like, it's, it's channeling 2016 Clemson. And it's... You know, when, the, when these guys are playing at that level, it's really hard for the defense... To stop it, I mean, I, I do think. I mean, you look at how many points we scored against Texas, Oregon a couple times. Uh, what 37, 36, 34. Um, you know, could have scored more in that last Oregon game if there was more time. Um, you know, I think I think we have to get to thirty to win this game. And uh, yeah, I mean that that's you know credit that's giving some credit to Michigan's defense, you know, it's going to be more difficult to get to 37, 33, 34. But um, again, I don't think we have to score as much to win the game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, I don't know. I don't know if I answered the question directly, but um, I, even though Michigan has played, you know, they haven't faced uh, any quarterback like Penix or any offense that we have. And that they, even though they've run up these great statistics against not great offenses, I still think their defense is legit. But that mm-hmm. being said, at the, at the same time, I still think we're capable of scoring 30 plus on them. Well, I mean, even if you have great defense look at Penix's ball placement in in some of those 
amazing passes. I mean, Texas had good coverage on on the wide receivers. When, you know, Penix hit Rome on the sideline, <laughs> DB didn't even know where the ball was. And, yeah. you know, when you have that level of accuracy, I don't even think Penix has to be as accurate as he was against Texas to beat Michigan. But if he repeats that, that level of accuracy, it's just, and you have those receivers that are so good, and Rome is so good in contested catches. It's just, you know, those are things that demoralize and frustrate a D. And yeah. look at Penix's comment after the game. You know, Holly McGrath asked him, "Is this, you know, is this the best game you played? You know, you've ever played? Is this the, you know?" And he's like, "No, we got one more to go." I mean, this dude is so dialed in. He had a players only meeting the night before the game uh i i don't see mike having an off game i really don't i just don't i just don't think it's something that's gonna happen and i think yeah i mean it's so much pressure on michigan yeah interesting point yeah from the grave of dennis um you know i wish i could pull this up on my phone but he from his grave, a text was transmitted to me explaining mm-hmm. explaining why fast strategy guys like Penix, why they're conditioned to actually play the best in high pressure moments. That it's it's not just a fluke. It's it's a you know, it's a fast strategy psychological thing. So there's actually I mean, there's an explanation of why these, you know, some of these guys are so fucking deadly in these highest pressure moments. Um, but um, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I, no, I, I give our offense the advantage. I think we can do some damage. Um, if, if DJ don't play very long, uh, who would be the second best at blitz pickups? My answer, an injured DJ. <laughs> yeah. It, it's not going to be Tybo. It's not going to no. be Nixon. Well, Dixon. It's not going to be Newton. He's he's not a good blocker, from what we've heard. Um, look, Dylan Johnson, uh, X-rays were negative. He was telling people at the team hotel that he was going to play. Um, and I after the game, to, it's on video. He's on the field on crutches, telling him that he'll be all right. Yeah. Um, I after the game, I was uh, walking out with uh, a couple of his probably extended family members because I've I've met his mom before and some of them and i mean it's probably his uncle and somebody else i mean i don't know who they are but shout out to them anyway assuming it was his uncle but he said that if the x-rays are negative then he's going to play so yeah i mean that you know and and he he may have been playing hurt i mean this this may be some kind of a lingering injury i mean not not what happened not not what happened at the end of the game but yeah, and I think I think the key this game is uh, for him is pass protection. Yep, absolutely. You know, Guaranteed. We're not, I mean, we're not, yeah, we're not going to run. It's going to be really hard to run on these guys. You know, we're going to have to. You know, the short passes. You know, those types of things will be an extension of the run game. The kind of stuff that they'll give us. And you know, Penix maybe he has you know three to five you know scrambles and design runs. You'll have some of that. Um, you know, that, that's how you're going to manufacture, you know, and then, and then maybe we get, 
you know, we break a few 10 yard runs here and there. Like, I mean, that's going to have to be the running game, but yeah, it, it's, you're, you're not, I mean, Tybo did well. Yeah. That's 17 yard run. I mean, and I know whatever happened with him, the coaches looked into the situation. And if Tybo really did something awful, which he did not at this point, you know, allegedly, he would have been off the team. So, yeah. I mean, that, that the coaches spent a lot of time looking into it. And, um, you know, that this is, look, DeBoer is the kind of guy where, I mean, he's like Peterson in that regard. You know, if there's any, you know, any just criminal act or terrible or whatever, you know, he wouldn't, Tybo would have been door ass out. But, you know, they did some due process, looked at it, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I'm, I'm a blowhard. I don't need to mention it. You, I mean, you guys get the, you guys catch the drift here. You know, the coaches looked into it and, you know, he was all good to return to the team. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, uh, yeah, injured, but let's just say, you know, you, you reaggregates his foot, he's out. I, I think they're going to have to get a little creative. You know, even maybe Westy finds himself in some different scenarios because I just, Nixon can't block and, and Tybo, no. I please please don't put him in position to block. I mean Nixon, he I think he knows it, but knows like the blocking schemes and Penix will tell him where to go, but he just doesn't have the physicality in, in any realm of, of DJ. Yeah, so, I mean DJ they'll just have to give him, you know, whatever drugs uh they gave him against Oregon. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. Next question. What would it take for the university to claim the 1984 title? Could it ever happen? Shout out to Dan Guterjohn. Well, Dan, I'm actually working on a long report uh, to send to the athletic director. Who um, I met, by the uh, way, on the way into the stadium. Uh, Very briefly. Yeah, way, to, way, way to steal my thunder. Um, uh. <laughs> uh but I, I, what people have said is, you know, bring it to the the uh, AD's attention, get get some boosters on board, and really push. Um, and I, I think, you know, I, I think what Jimmy Rogers said, you know, with the with it, just the old department, you know, pre Troy Dan, and for whatever reason, they just didn't really like that team, and just like. That era, I mean, look that that team. It's not even on the stadium anywhere. It's not even it. It wasn't even in the Husky Hall of Fame. Like Jimmy Rogers said, it wasn't even in. Like he had to work hard to get in the Husky Hall of Fame. And and he said he would help me do it. But I know he's been working on other stuff. It's obviously more important. Um, but yeah, but I I've, I've been outlining this long report, kind of making a bulletproof case for it. I mean, I, I do think this is the year. This is the off season to pursue it really hard. You know, cause it's the 40th anniversary. And I mean, mm-hmm. I was joking with Andrew before the season. You know, I said like, we, I said like, you know, we could add two national championships at the end of the, you know, by the end of this season. Um, so, but, but yeah, that's a lot. That's the short answer is basically you got to get some boosters on board, you know, get some former players on board, and just really keep pushing for it. 
you know, and I, I think I think everything is there to make a really strong case for it. And I don't say claim, Jimmy. I just say recognize. Sure. It needs to be recognized, not I mean, not claiming. It's yeah. you know, fucking recognize it. Cause that that Amen. was the national champion. And look, it, people understand look how much Penix has been disrespected by the rest of the country. And, and just the Washington team in general. Th- this is why we have to market ourselves and do this shit. Sure. Yeah, well, you got to start paying ESPN. <laughs> yeah, this it's branding and marketing is really important. And I'd be master of the obvious statement there. But, um, you know, and then, and then, you know, after this year, will get recognized for having four national titles and not two. Cause even all these various places, they say Washington has two national titles. No, it should be three right now. Tell them it's three. And you know, they'll just say it's three at some point, you know, who cares what the Cougs or ducks say or BYU fuck BYU. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Next question. With Michigan not seeing an offensive team like us, do you think we can jump on them early and make them get into uncomfortable pass mode? Uh, I love that. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I don't see any reason why we're not going to come out aggressive. Um, I mean, I I, I think they're gonna they're gonna put the pedal in the metal, and I think they're gonna so try to get a lead. You think we take the ball if we win the toss? No, I think we'll defer. I I think we'll defer. Um, There's just something about getting that ball in the second half. There's just so much strategy because if they can find themselves a way to have the ball at the end of the half and and get some type of score and then you get the ball to start of the second, that's just me personally. That's how I would always play it. But, you know. I'm not the coach, but I think we defer. Yeah, but look, even if, okay, so we get the ball in the third quarter, we defer. But let's say we lose the toss and we get the ball first, score a touchdown. Just put the pressure on them like Oregon game last year. Yeah. I mean, someone, I don't remember who was saying it, but, oh, it was Warren Moon, I think. On Softy's show, uh, he felt like it's important to be the first team to score, give them a lot of confidence. Um, so that you know, there could be something to that where you know whoever scores first, it's going to give a lot of momentum to the team. So there, you know, there could be something to that. But I, I've always been a deferred guy. Yeah. Um, okay. One more question that I want to hear about you meeting Troy Dan. And uh, do you think the rule that caused the clock to stop after Johnson got hurt needs to be changed? As it is now, teams can try to either purposely hurt offensive players to stop the clock or move an injured player off the field to keep the clock rolling. Um, yeah, we were talking about this in the car ride over, or not ride, a uh, long trip. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and it, it also, it's around. Um, uh, you know, the faking of injuries too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think they'll, they'll, uh, yeah, they'll I think that, make some kind of a change. Yeah. But yeah. Petros was right. I mean, he said, you got to find a way to get him off the field. 
Yeah, I mean, like have yeah. the lineman carry him off the field. Dude, pull the By- Byron Leftwich, you know, just get the lineman carry him off. I mean, yeah, I mean that 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 whole situation could have, <laughs> you know, changed everything, um, un- needlessly. Obviously, if he's serious, he looked. It looked devastating. I mean, you felt like, oh no, oh no, is this guy's, you know, is this career over? Is it, what is going on? I mean, it was, you know, the idea that him playing after seeing him writhing in that much pain, it, it's shocking, honestly. But that being said, it was, it was his reaction while I was being carted into the locker room. I mean, that was great. Did you see yeah. that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was, it was for sure. No question. And by the way, shout out to that moron who gave out the trophy, who pronounced DeBoer's name wrong. Wow, I didn't hear that. <laughs> what a moron. You didn't hear that? No. What do you no, call him? He pronounced it DeBois. DeBois? Yeah. That's very strange. <laughs> wow. You think they know how to pronounce the best coach in the country's name? Yeah. Okay, last question. Would D would DDY would Dennis finally come on the pod if we went on Monday? I think so. I think you'd see uh I think you'd see a uh the season is over pod reunion. Yeah. Well, it's fitting. Should be done. Maybe we could get Road Dog to come on our pod. Road for a reunion. He's he's MIA everywhere. I don't know what's going on with him. He's off the hardcore board. It's been off for a while. So worth a shot. Uh, someone should send a wellness check. Yeah, someone was attempting so. So we'll see. All right, brother. Or t- tell me about two more things. Tell me about your meeting with Troy Dan, and then the other thing that. Um, yeah. So yeah, we were walking right on, in, on the season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wa- wa- walking into into the stadium, I I see him standing there, and he just has this you know big grin on his face. Says, "Hey, hey, I'm you know happy to have you here." And he's like, "Yeah, it's great to be here. I really appreciate that." And you know, he just kind of had a really upbeat. Uh, personality to him. Obviously, he's, <laughs> he's walked into a pretty cool situation. His job's not too hard at the moment. You know, he gets a Baskin, you know, a national title run and a, working with a, a sane, level-headed coach. Um, but, yeah, I, I just liked his demeanor, his, his uh, way he carried himself, seemed like a good dude. So, um, he was pumped and you could tell he was really fired up. So, But, yeah, it was... Uh, <clears throat> Very brief interaction, but but a pleasant one to say the least. So that was encouraging. Um, you know, with Jen Cohen, you know, you, her vibe. You know, she just she likes the title. She wants to know. You know, she wants you to think that she's all that. You know, I didn't get any of that. Like he just seemed like a genuine dude, like a good guy. And you can get those reads pretty quickly on people. I don't think it's completely. Uh, you know out of the realm to not get that idea uh, pretty quickly with someone. So, um, yeah, I, that was intrigued. That was cool. 
it was cool for me to to see that you know get that interaction because yeah it was pleasant um and i was gonna say what was the other thing i was gonna mention oh you know it's kind of a hypothetical but it's going to be so hard to not have panics in some of these guys on this team, right? I was thinking, I know we're not supposed to look ahead, but just to, just to think like no Rome, no Penix, you know, potentially no Dylan, no Jalen Polk, you know, no Trice. It's just, it's hard to think about that, how quickly, you know, all this amazing talent and people to be gone. And it's like, Let's just let's win the national titles with close shop. We don't have to worry about it. We have to stress anymore on Saturdays. DeBoer goes to the NFL. It's like, so be it. We just saw like the most incredible two years of football that you could ask for, truly. I, I mean, you don't drop that Arizona State game at home. You're one loss in two years, you know, potentially. So. Anyway, just my thought, like, it's just going to be weird not having these guys. I, everyone has such an emotional attachment to these dudes, you know? Yeah, I'm trying to think, is it, like, what... Maybe next year will kind of be, like, the move from 2000 to 2001 a little bit. Well, hopefully not record-wise. Yeah, not record what what, but I just, just me I just mean you know emotionally. Yeah, yeah, I know it's going to be a big change, you know, and you know Will Rogers, you know, following up Penix, it's a it's a it's a tall order, you know. So that was my thought. It's just going to be crazy to think these guys aren't going to be around the program anymore. It's such just such a unique group of people. So much personality. Yeah. Rome's I mean, it's incredible. Cool yeah. No, he's 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 just super likable. Yeah, I mean, it's just the, the collection of guys and the brotherhood. It's just you know, and teams talk about how how they have it, but this team like genuinely has a connection that is so rare in sports. You know, and that's one reason why we have we have so much attachment. It's because you know the efforts there, the commitments there. They're all in, uh, you know, panics, having player only meetings. And it's just, you just don't get this stuff. This is very rare. This is rare for sure. It's just hard to, hard to imagine it, you know, not going, you know, not having to watch these guys after, you know, another year. It's going to be tough. Yeah, no, I, I thought thought about that for a little while today. Yeah, it's, you can't help but not think about it a little bit, right? I mean, it's just the truth. Yeah, got to soak it all in. Yep. All right, brother. Let's let's leave the predictions for another pod. I'm, oh, uh, I'm, I'm, what I'm are beat. we gonna do? Another pod? We're we're running out of day. We're running out of time. <laughs> we got plenty of time. Well. Maybe you do. I, I, we can figure it out. We'll figure it out, but just so you're aware, I, you know, I got, uh, yeah, 
maybe tomorrow. All right. Well, you can, you know, you can give your prediction. No, yes, no, we can do. We'll sort it out. We'll sort it. Yeah, out. We'll, we'll we'll sort it out. But yeah, I mean, I I already know. I already know. So, <clears throat> but we'll save it. Yeah. All right, brother. Let's. Uh, we gotta hang this one up. But uh, great job. And uh, yeah, yeah. Let's, we need uh, to let's let's connect before the game. I'm so I'm sorry I missed you. It was just you know well, it was crazy. It was- very hard. I mean, we were every somewhere else. Like, there's just so much going on. It's just really hard to uh, sometimes connect up. Yeah. Yeah. All good, buddy. Yeah. Uh, thanks. Uh, thanks for your uh, fantastic insights, as always. <laughs> Thank you, man. But yeah, we'll uh, yeah, we'll definitely uh, catch up and uh, get together, get some FaceTime in before the big game. Sounds like a plan. All right, go dogs. Let's get her done. All right, go dogs. Cheers. <laughs>